This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03, Friday afternoon, October 7th. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us on the Noon Business Hour, presented by the Village of Bedford Park. I'm Rob Hart. President Biden's pardon of certain federal drug offenders has sent shares of marijuana-related companies higher. Mm -hmm. We'll cover that in our next segment. But right now, the government jobs report for September headlines today's data. Let's break down the numbers with the help of Carl Ricadonna, chief U.S. economist with BNP Paribas based in New York. Carl, thanks for joining us uh, once again today. If you take the uh, discussion of interest rates out and if you take the uh, recessionary fears out of the equation, in a vacuum, this jobs report from the month of September, 263,000 new jobs, looks fairly good. You're absolutely right. It's a, a pretty decent uh, report. Uh, 263,000 uh, is a pace that uh, should keep the unemployment rate uh, steady or even drive it lower. Uh, And so that's where the problem comes in. And so we can't take it away from the interest rate uh, and Fed discussion uh, because things are so tight. Uh, If we're looking at the the inflation landscape right now where we have high headline inflation, high core inflation, way above what the Fed's objective is, uh, these types of labor results are, are just too good um, to be consistent with some moderation on the inflation side. And that tells the Fed, they need to lean a little harder on that brake pedal uh, because we're seeing some slowing, but not quite enough slowing. Are there any recession warning signs inside this most recent jobs report? Well, while it is looking good now, uh, we know that winter is coming. Uh, if we look at the pace of hiring, it is downshifting. So it looks great today, but it's, you know, it's, it's half of what it was uh, earlier this year. Uh, we can see that fewer industries are contributing to those job gains. So we're starting to see some weakness uh, on the retail side and some of the construction details, right? Parts of the economy that are particularly sensitive to interest rate hikes uh, are starting to uh, slow down. Uh, So if we have fewer industries contributing to the job gains, that means things are more fragile. Uh, And this is not just one month. This is an ongoing trend where, where what economists call it is the diffusion or the breadth of job gains uh, is, is declining, and that's often a canary in the coal mine. So I don't think you should say, oh, there's recessionary warnings here, but there are definitely warning signs that conditions will continue to weaken uh, over the course of the, this quarter and also the, the, the first quarter of next year. If there is a recession, given the tightness in the job market, will we see layoffs or will we just see a hiring freeze? Well, there is labor hoarding happening at the moment. So employers had to work so hard uh, to put those new employees in place over the course of the last uh, 
several quarters uh, with the uh, sign-in bonuses and, and big wage increases and, and all those types of perks uh, that go along with that, uh, that uh, they will be hesitant to shed those workers if they think, well, it's a, it's a temporary recession, so we'll, we'll let go of workers and hire them back. That's very expensive to do. Uh, and uh, employers are chastened by the experience over the last, you know, in the post-pandemic era uh, where it has been difficult to place uh, workers. So there will be some degree of labor hoarding. Uh, nonetheless, if the economy is sliding into recession, you will see the unemployment rate uh, move higher by a couple of percentage points. So uh, a six or seven uh, percent unemployment rate shouldn't be ruled out. So this is absolutely consistent with what the Fed is saying. Some pain is coming for U.S. households and businesses. The question is, is that pain weak economic growth or is that pain uh, such weakness in economic activity that we actually see a recession. Carl Ricadana, chief U.S. economist with BNP Paribas, based in New York. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Coming up next, taking stock of marijuana companies in light of the president's announcements yesterday. Your best stock option. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Stock shares of several marijuana companies soared yesterday after President Biden announced today that he'll pardon thousands of people for federal pot offenses. We're joined by Michael Palumbo, founder of MJP Capital and author of the book Calculated Risk, based in Chicago. Michael, thanks for joining us today. Uh, Wall Street as a whole is uh, taking its lumps uh, this morning and into this afternoon, but is the uh, marijuana sector holding on to that rally from yesterday afternoon? Well, you could tell there's a little bit of skepticism, and thanks again for having me on. Um, there's a little bit of skepticism today after that, that news that came out late in the day. It was an hour before the close, and you saw the MSOS, which is an ETF for U.S. cannabis companies, just soar 30 to 35% in about an hour on huge volume. But today, it's given back a little bit down like 4 or 5%. Uh, just you know, market sentiment in general is bad, so... There's also skepticism whether this is just a political stunt or if it's really going to have legs. And we'll have to see in the next couple of months. Well, it sounds like the White House, at the very least, is uh, stepping down the road of descheduling marijuana and therefore making it eligible for uh, uh, federal transactions to take place, for the banking sector to come in, to uh, get pulled into even further into the realm of legitimate business. And if that happens, what happens to the marijuana sector? How much does it change? If that happens, the, the sector, will, the MSOS will double. Okay. Uh, I mean, that's how big this would be. The question is, will it happen? And that's why, you know, you're seeing stocks pull back a little bit now with the skepticism because we have elections coming up, right? So is, is, is President Biden doing this as a political thing or is he really mean business this time? The Democrats have been in the, in, in the White House and the Senate and the House for two years promising cannabis reform. And now as we get to elections, maybe something gets done. If they do safe banking, which allows for credit cards instead of cash transactions, allows these companies to bank like every other company and get cannabis off of Schedule 1, which Schedule 1 is heroin. Okay, schedule two is cocaine. So get them off schedule one and two and put it on three. Then it would open up all kinds of great things for the companies because they would not be subject to this onerous tax code, which is called 280. I don't want to get into that, but that basically costs companies billions of dollars because it's, marijuana is, is in the same class as heroin. So if this stuff does happen, you're going to see these companies soar. I mean, double in value easily in the next 
six to 12 months. But we'll see what happens in Congress and we'll see what the president does if he really means business. Let's hope so, because most Americans want cannabis reform. What have we learned so far with recreational marijuana being legal in dribs and drabs and in certain states? Uh, what have we learned from the Illinois experience as far as uh, uh, the amount of growth in this business, given the limitations on it so far? Well, well Governor Pritzker rolled out a very thoughtful plan. And in Illinois, the cannabis uh, industry is, is, is flourishing and consumers get great products. And there's no problem. The problem is at the federal level. So if you look at the states that have rolled out recreational marijuana, almost every one of them has had a complete success, both for the businesses and for consumers. So if the the feds are serious and we do this nationally, all it's going to do is help consumers get what they want and also provide tax dollars for states and, and, and the federal government and the businesses to flourish. So it's a win-win situation, but it's very political. So we'll see what happens in the next few months. Let's hope that President Biden means what he says. And if he, if he does, it's great for it's great for cannabis industry. Michael Palumbo, founder of MJP Capital and author of the book Calculated Risk, based in Chicago. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Coming up next, new cars are on dealer lots, but high interest rates could prevent consumers from buying. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Lunch money for all generations. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Supply chain issues have eased somewhat, meaning more new cars are on dealer lots. However, when it comes at a time when the cost of financing a vehicle has risen sharply, we welcome in Garrett Nelson, auto industry analyst with CFRA Research based in Richmond, Virginia. Garrett, thanks for joining us this afternoon. When it comes to the interest rate that you pay for a car loan, uh, what is that rate pegged under? Is it the uh, federal funds rate or is it something else? Sure. So the interest rate sort of rises in tandem with Fed rate increases. So um, the average APR for a new car in the third quarter uh, was 5.7%. That was up from 4.3% in the year ago quarter. Um, But the combination of record high new vehicle prices, the average new vehicle price uh, is now over $48,000. So the combination of higher higher prices, plus now rising interest rates, has really increased monthly payments uh, to levels uh, which are stretching the limits of of affordability for a lot of consumers, particularly lower and middle income uh, buyers. With drivers uh, reluctant to uh, put down the money to lease, and I shouldn't say lease a new vehicle, but uh, to to uh, to get a new car, uh, they might be scared away by those interest rates. Does that mean that uh, a supply chain crunch could become a supply glut? So inventories are starting to rise. Uh, inventories have been very low, uh, record low levels uh, in the past year, year and a half. So they're starting to recover, but not as fast as you know, many consumers would like because there are still some uh, semiconductor shortages and supply chain issues that are ongoing. Although, 
you know, they've eased. But, um, you know, I think you're going to have to see inventories recover, um, you know, even more for prices to really hit a plateau or, or come down because uh, auto manufacturers are, are feeling the effects of inflation um, from, from, from the auto parts suppliers. And, and what they're doing is, is passing through the higher cost to consumers. And that's why we have car prices at record highs still. Is this a situation in which the uh, car buying public then is more inclined to lease as opposed to finance a car? So what we've seen is uh, more, more leasing activity, but, but mainly uh, buyers migrate to the used car market. Um, because the, a lot of new cars are, have become unaffordable, um, there's a lot more volume, sales volume happening in, in used vehicles. So, you know, but but the used vehicle market is also suffering from some of the same problems affecting the new vehicle market. Uh, because of that increased demand, price of used vehicles have have risen significantly, and uh, interest rates are also starting to rise. So it's um, you know, buyers of used vehicles are also feeling the pinch. Garrett Nelson, auto industry analyst with CFRA Research based in Richmond, Virginia. Thank you for joining us this afternoon. Still ahead in Entrepreneur Friday, helping parents locate a comfortable place to change their baby's diaper. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. The mayor of New York City declaring a state of emergency because of the influx of migrants delivered by bus from Texas. President Biden talks about the possibility of nuclear war with an eye on his Russian counterpart. It's Entrepreneur Friday. We meet the founder and CEO of a Chicago company helping parents find clean and safe places for a baby diaper change. And Visa is teaming up with the global crypto exchange FTX to offer debit cards. WBBM Business, the markets are lower. The Dow is down 580 points. The NASDAQ is down 397. The S&P 500 is down 97. AccuWeather says windy, not so chilly today. A high of just 54. Wind chills in the 40s. We have 53 degrees right now in Chicago at 1231. Topping our news at the half hour. New York City Mayor Eric Adams is taking action because because of the massive influx of asylum seekers being bussed in from Texas and other border states. I am declaring a state of emergency in the city of New York and issuing an executive order. This executive order will formally direct all relevant agencies to coordinate their efforts to construct the humanitarian relief centers. Mayor Adams says that more than 17,000 people have arrived from the southern border since April. President Biden is using stark language about the possibility of Russia using tactical nuclear weapons following massive military setbacks in Ukraine. The president says the risk of nuclear Armageddon is the highest in 60 years since the Cuban Missile Crisis. At a Democratic fundraiser yesterday with no cameras present, he said he knows Vladimir Putin fairly well, and his Russian counterpart was not joking when talking about using tactical nukes. Putin himself said last month it was not a bluff. It's unclear if President Biden was citing any new assessment of Russian intentions hours earlier. We don't assess that um, President Putin has made a decision 
to use nuclear weapons uh, at this time. Brigadier General Pat Ryder, the Pentagon's top spokesman, said there is no information that would lead the U.S. to change its strategic deterrence posture. Sagar Magani, Washington. The Noon Business Hour continues at 1232, presented by the Village of Bedford Park. Markets are in the red this Friday. We're joined by Gary Kultbaum, president of Kultbaum Capital Management based in Orlando. Gary, thanks for joining us this afternoon. Uh, Stark, uh, deep sell-off today in response to the jobs report. Uh, Have the markets basically given back all the gains from the rally on Monday and Tuesday? Uh, Not all, but we're headed there. And I keep in mind, everything I do is by perspective. That 1,600-point down move to the upside had come off of a 3,779-point move to the downside in 14 days. So you got to be careful about getting too excited, especially in bear market rallies. Uh, You know, today, there's so many things to add today. Advanced micro devices, an important semiconductor, misses by a billion dollars in revenue. That comes off a of Federal Express missing by billions. And now uh, I don't want to call it a knockout punch, but oil price is going from 76 back above 92 in nine days. Uh, that is not good news for uh, the uh, market. I can promise you that. And when it comes to uh, things like oil prices and commodity prices, uh, are we just seeing some uh, a, a, a lot of people betting on the price of oil to rise and then possibly uh, seeing it ease as the uh, fundamentals uh, of the market make themselves apparent? Well, I think we were seeing an easing because of an easing of the economy, but now we got another hook, and that's OPEC uh, lowering production by 2 million barrels a day uh, while we refuse here to uh, out overproduce and we're going to people like that wonderful human being in Venezuela to get oil from him. So we, we got a little bit of backwards, you know what, and uh, the market's speaking loud and clear. And unfortunately, in about seven to 10 days, you're going to have a real big spike in gas prices at the pump for the consumer and business. And again, that is just another big, gigantic expense along with the higher rates. And uh, just not good for asset prices, my friend. This market volatility that we've been seeing uh, pretty much all year, but especially in the past two weeks, are we going to see these wild swings uh, to the upside and the downside just based on on very small pieces of data? Uh, Not just data, but you had 31 speeches from central bankers in the last two days. And um, I, I must tell you that will drive markets up a wall. Uh, because these are the people that printed up to $9 trillion, creating all the asset bubbles, and now they're talking, the ex- they've gone coast to coast. They've gone from the easiest monetary policy people in the history of our world to possibly the tightest with their rhetoric, and that's where you're seeing markets being influenced uh, by them, unfortunately. I just wish they'd go away, but they are a reality that we've got to deal with. They're unelected. If, we were, if, they, if they were elected, at least we can elect them out. And we can't. They are appointed and uh, they're here to stay. When it comes to the Fed and when it comes to the markets, who leads and who follows, especially right now? Oh, I think the market's yelling and screaming. Uh, Just keep in mind, our central bank right now, their Fed funds rate is at 3 percent. The 10-year yield is at almost 3.9 percent. And the two years at 4.3 percent. So, the market, they're a passenger on the bus. The bus is the actual market rate. When you go get your mortgage, it's based on the 10-year, not based on their Fed funds. 
And that's what's hurting the housing market, too, which is another uh, what I call reverse wealth effect. So I think we're in the, the throes and we've been talking about it all year of a vicious cycle. It's just a matter how bad it gets. And the worry is they created such a gargantuan asset bubble. There's, it can be uh, a decent way down, and, and we're seeing it, my friend. Gary Kulpbaum, president of Kulpbaum Capital Management based in Orlando, Florida. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. You can find him online at GaryK.com. Coming up next in Entrepreneur Friday, finding a place for a safe, clean diaper chain. Credit, debit, and totally free. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Entrepreneur Friday, sponsored by Industrious. And this afternoon, we're highlighting a local company that's helping parents dealing with kids and diapers. We welcome in Addie Gundry, the founder and CEO of Pluey in Chicago. Addie, thanks for joining us today. Before we talk about the origins of the name Pluey, tell us all about this self-sanitizing diaper changing table uh, for public restrooms. Oh, thank you so much, Rob. It is great to be here, and I'd love to do so. Cluey is a self-sanitizing diaper changing table. Whether you've used one or not, a lot of people see them when they're out in public, and the number one thing that comes to mind is that they're old, they're outdated, and they just don't know if they're clean. And so we are trying to combat all of those pain points that parents and caregivers have. Our sanitizing system is used as uses a UVC light, and it sanitizes the entire surface in 60 seconds. So when you walk in, you know that that has been cleaned for your baby. And uh, Addie, where does Pluey come from? Pluey means rain in French. And to me, that felt like fresh and clean. And then parapluie means umbrella, which is protecting and keeping someone safe. And so both words really communicate our brand promise and really set us up for the future beyond just the changing table, but for creating products for parents on the go. Now, uh, do you have young children? I do. I have a, well, now three and five-year-old, but my five-year-old was a baby once, and he was the inspiration for the idea. Now, I thought for a second that uh, Pluey might have been a reference to Bluey, the Disney Plus streaming series uh, that is on in my home uh, 24-7. And uh, I'm assuming in the homes of many other parents with young children. But apparently it's not uh, a reference to Bluey, but uh, I just put the theme song in your head. So uh, you're welcome. Well, I like it. Oh, thank you. As if it's not in there all the time already. Uh, but that's a better reference. We sometimes get pooey, which is fine, you know, reminds you of a diaper change. Yeah. That's good too. Now, was was there a particular moment, a particular restroom, a particular situation that uh, led to your aha moment for the self-cleaning changing table? There sure was. I was out to lunch with my husband and my son, who again now is five, but he was about nine months old, almost one. And he had a blowout. And for everyone who's listening and knows what that is, yeah, it's really you can difficult probably, to deal with. <laughs> you can probably uh, make that sound in your head, too. You know what that is. <laughs> now I have the Bluey theme song and a blowout in my head. So <laughs> going forward with that, uh, there was no changing table in the men's room. We were out to lunch, and I right away was interested, intrigued by that. And we all know families come in many shapes and sizes. And my husband couldn't go change the diaper. And so right away I was surprised and I went in, don't need to get into the dirty details, but again, notice what so many parents and caregivers feel, which is that they just are, they're uncomfortable, they're inconvenient, my purse is on the ground. Uh, and, and then the number one thing I just kept thinking was, gosh, this just feels dirty. I might as well leave. I want to go to my car. And so I got back to the table where my husband was, of course, enjoying his hamburger. And I said, I think we could make a better one. And this was actually in 2018, pre-pandemic, 
I then spent about 18 months on my nights and weekends designing, developing what is now Pluey, filed my first utility patent in 2019. Fast forward a couple years of development, I left my full-time job, and, and here we are in Chicago, of course, and then in 20 states nationwide. What was your inaugural restroom? Great question. Right in the heart of Chicago, we installed at the Angel Harvey Family Health Center, which is an amazing health clinic that serves a very you know, underserved community from really maternity to end of life. So it's, a, it's an incredible organization. And we installed Pluey at the pediatric wing. And it's just still, I feel like it's one of Pluey's a baby to me. I always say Pluey is my cleanest and quietest baby. And so it's really fun to see it in such a special place as, as the first installation. And of course, Angel Harvey, a, a radio pioneer, they're married to a legendary Chicago broadcaster, Paul Harvey. So uh, a big name and of course, a very prominent name and a special name now uh, in the in the life in your life and in your business um talking about uh the aha moment for you i was thinking back to uh, the most awkward uh baby changing moment for me and that was uh, our oldest who's now nine by the way uh we were leaving the chris kindle mart a couple of years ago and uh, again you know the blowout sound you hear it uh, on the streets of downtown chicago so it was that prominent and uh, we had to go do it in the lobby of a skyscraper at Wacker and Dearborn on the floor. And because, again, oh. you, could, you could not find a changing table and uh, Pluey was merely a twinkle in your eye at the time. <laughs> and I love these stories because everyone we talk to, they just get it right away. Everyone's had these experiences and certainly like you just said, you remember it. You know, they stay with you. And then uh, you're in, in 20 states now. Uh, what are the plans for expansion uh, at, going forward? But we're trying to take every restroom by storm, of course. There are over 4 million public restrooms in the United States alone. So it's really amazing when you think of the opportunity. And it's, again, so fun to hear people say, you should be in airports, you should be in Starbucks. And really, that's our goal. We want to just continue to grow, continue to place Pluey on restroom walls so that parents are out. They say, wow, you know, this is a great way for me to spend more time out of the home with my baby and feel welcomed in these different environments, whatever that might be. Addie Gundry, founder and CEO of Pluey, based in Chicago, the website hellopluey.com. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Still to come, the marriage between crypto and credit cards. Cashing in with conversation, the WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Cryptocurrency and credit cards are coming together via an agreement between Visa and the global crypto exchange FTX. Let's learn more from Ted Rossman, industry analyst with CreditCards.com based in New York. Ted, thanks for joining us today. How does this particular partnership work? Basically, what this is is a Visa-branded debit card that's going to allow FTX customers to use their cryptocurrency pretty much anywhere Visa is accepted. So that's kind of the missing link. You know, people always talk about, oh, it's hard to pay with crypto because not that many places accept it. Well, now by using your crypto holdings on a Visa debit card, that extends these crypto payments much more broadly. Is this a more complicated transaction for merchants to process? Because it's on the existing Visa debit rails, merchants won't need to do anything special, which is part of the appeal here. This program is going to focus on Latin America, Europe, and Asia, at least for starters. And I think that's another important point because, you know, here in the U.S., there are a lot of hurdles to using crypto, um, not just acceptance, but also capital gains and other kind of logistical concerns. 
In other parts of the world, though, I think crypto makes more sense as a payment method. You know, I'm thinking of places like Argentina, for example. They have 80% inflation right now and a very unstable currency. I mean, in that context, an American might say, like, oh, wow, crypto is a really volatile asset. But in certain parts of the world, you know, whether that's because of inflation or currency value or just the whole financial infrastructure. I I think this has more legs abroad than it does in the U.S., at least right now. What is the size of the consumer crypto market in the U.S. compared to other countries? You know, that's a good question. I don't know the precise answer to that. I know that in terms of actual usage, it's pretty low in the U.S., at least as a payments instrument. People who have crypto in the U.S. tend to be more of the buy and hold variety. I think some of that is they think it's going to be worth more in the future. And then I think also there's the previously discussed hurdles to usage. So I'm actually thinking of crypto, at least in the U.S., less as a payments instrument and more as an asset class or or something that people would invest in. Um, But I think from a transactional standpoint, other parts of the world have more potential because of less stable currencies and less developed financial networks. Uh, I I actually think this has more potential in other parts of the world. Ted Rossman, industry analyst with CreditCards.com based in New York. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. If you missed any part of today's Noon Business Hour, we'll have the replay podcast available shortly at WBBMNewsRadio.com and the Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.